This is the Data Privacy Detective, and I hope spring is going well from you. We're in the middle of March 2019, and I'm very pleased today we have with us Mark Wellens. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joe, for having me. And Mark, you're the CCO of a very interesting company called OneTouch or OneTouch.io. And very briefly, what is OneTouch? Well, OneTouch.io is a, a newcomer, let's say. I mean, we've been around almost two years, but uh, our products are pretty new. We use network analytics to help organizations manage the, the unknown usage of personal data. You may wonder, you know, what does that mean? You might. Um, we like to think of it as a, as a holistic approach. It's not a pure server-based approach because we think that misses a lot of the rich information that you can find in the network. So we take that dual network uh, network traffic analysis and regular server crawling. Really, quite interesting. I'm sure, like uh, like uh, your company, uh, you know, I'm an attorney, and and we helped a lot of people uh, face GDPR. You know, as some dreaded thing about to happen. Gee, goodness, it's almost a year ago, isn't it, that it became effective? But the very first question everybody asks is, well, what personal data do you have? And I, had, you know, I had people that had it out in a warehouse and uh, here and there, and they said, oh, all we have is HR data, and pretty soon, you know, no, they got some focus group stuff and medical information, all sorts of stuff. And I, I think this is the general problem that you all are really tackling, how, how to find out what data a company has. Is that the essence of the problem to be solved? So, so the, the problem is actually, I think, and, and it's really a, a kind of a step further back. Uh, we kind of know that we have HR data, all right. our employees. We kind of know there's customer data. The, the issue is what we don't actually know. Um, you know in there you have whatever you have, phone numbers and all the rest of that kind of interesting information. But right now, how it's been approached or how, how the market has approached the data privacy issues, we've come, we've come to the customer and we said, hey, where is your data stored? Tell me where it is. Oh, you've got the HR database? Great, that's fabulous. Oh, you've got your customer main database? That's fabulous as well. Oh, you send out all your mailing from that Windows share? Everything stored there? Thank you very much. And what we're missing in that um, conversation is, well, where's the stuff you don't know about? Because obviously you don't know where it is, so nobody asks that question. So we've taken the approach that says, we need to understand where is everything, right? It's not enough that you can tell me I have an HR database, I have a customer database, and I have these different shares around here, whatever they might be. We have to go back and say, PII can be anywhere, right? Using me, PII being personally identifiable information. It could be anywhere. If you simply don't know where it is at any given time, given the nature of businesses and networks today, you may have to dig real deep. You may have to run many questionnaires, many surveys, many different kinds of tools to try and find what do I have that can potentially be holding that PII inside my organization before we can actually answer the question of what do you hold, what format is it in, and kind of what am I doing with it? Yeah, exactly. And, and Mark, you might want to share just a, what are some of the surprises as you begin working with a company and they say, yeah, good idea. We like the networks analytics approach. And, and just give us a couple examples of some of the surprises that businesses have found that they wouldn't have probably found out about it. They used, a, I'll call it a, a, a less developed approach. It's, uh, there, there are some real interesting um occurrences, shall we say, when we've been on site. The, the simple and easy ones are 
a customer will say to us, or a potential client will say, you know, I, I, I like what you're saying, but my, my traffic's encrypted. Like everything on my network's encrypted. You, you're going to have no value from, from doing any network-based discovery. And so we say, you know what, like, you know, let's do it anyway, because at the very least, we can build an inventory, and that's the very minimum value we can bring you know, from looking at network. Maybe we can find where all the network elements are. We can predict from looking at the traffic that we can see which ones are going to be PII carrying tons. And what we actually find, uh, and sometimes it's a shock, is there's plenty of unencrypted traffic, and in that unencrypted traffic, there's plenty of PII going around the network. So even before we know where the data is stored, even before we have that list, we already find PII that's, that's flowing freely through the network and is unencrypted. So that comes as a surprise to, to, to almost everyone who tells us, no, it's, it's okay, don't worry, I got encryption in place. Well, that's a great example. It's a little like the target breach where, you know, how, how did that happen? Well, it's an HVAC contractor, you know, at one store and in you come. So it's, all, it's kind of the weakest link problem, isn't it? There are certainly elements of, of weakest link as well. We're, we're trying to remove weakest link um, pieces in there. And, you know, what I see here, and, and this is, for me, this is close to my heart. I started off my days uh, in security back, back, I would say back when, but um, it was in the days when Gil Schwed of, of Checkpoint. He would go out there to customers. He was doing the sell, which is, you know, he's not great at that, but he would do that sell, and he would go out there and customers say, I don't need a firewall. I got no traffic coming in here because they weren't aware that TCP was a two-way communication, right? They were going outbound and that was it. And that's what, I, I, that's what we're seeing with the customers today. They're really, they're not aware of what they don't know. It, it's the same story over again, history repeats itself. Uh, and they're saying, oh yeah, yeah oh, and all of a sudden we put this network tap in and we look at that traffic and they go, wait a minute, there is things out here I don't know about. These things are coming around because of you know, the, the proliferation great one that of, of DevOps, you know, and, and shadow IT. And they're, they're doing things faster than we ever imagined five years, ten years ago. And systems are being brought online and being brought offline. Sometimes they're just not being brought offline properly. And all of a sudden, there's a duplication of, of the master customer database in some lab, which is, as you see, is the weakest link. It's not protected properly. And it's just sitting there waiting to be, let's say, um, well, let's not say, let's hope it doesn't happen, but breached. Well, that's right. Now, you used a really important two words, and I wonder if you can uh, help my listeners understand a little better what it means. The words are shadow IT. What, what are you talking about? So, so shadow IT, it's, um, it's not like um, in, in, in the shadows and, and um, hiding in the background. It, it exists in every company, and, and really it's been born about through the, the need to keep up with I'm going to say technologies that businesses will be using. And shadow IT is essentially a, a um, what do you call it, like a, a, a mirror of the IT department, but moving at a much faster pace without all the processes and approvals that would normally be in place. They're using their own personal credit cards. They're bringing up systems in AWS or in Azure, systems that are outside of the organization, but systems that are pulling data from within the organization. And so the shadow IT will be put, putting up its new application in AWS. We'll be developing it on the fly because it's going to bring the business a competitive advantage over its um, adversaries, let's say, in that space. So they bring on the system online within a day or two, very quickly. The application's been tested, it's all up and running, but all of a sudden from a security perspective, 
the shadow IT guys have let the data up in maybe an unsecured AWS bucket or something, and through their endeavors to give us that advantage in the market space, they've left us wide open to something that we really, really don't want to happen. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, uh, you know, I found in some of the companies that we work with uh, as attorneys, um, sometimes they do their data map and they say, well, we got that solved. But uh, <laughs> am I right? The very next day, the whole data map and what you have can change. And I found it intriguing. Uh, your company offers kind of an ongoing way, if I understand it right, to keep track of what data businesses are actually handled. Uh, did, did I read it right? Joe, for a lawyer, you've got a great handle on this. That, that's 100% right. Anything that, that a human does and manually maps, it's going to be out of date within, a, within minutes almost, but within days for sure of that exercise taking place. So that's one of the, the reasons behind looking at that network traffic. I used the word dynamic earlier. It applies still. If you keep a watch of what's going on, you know, much like watching the, the, the traffic on the highway, it's forever changing. This is what's going on in your network. Traffic is going backward and forward the whole time. And if you're not keeping an eye on that, then the, the magic shadow shadow IT guys or, or the DevOps guys, they can bring in traffic that you, you wouldn't really want to see in there at all. But if we're watching it, we can add that to our list. We can map that out. How is the traffic flowing now? Because originally it was going from the desktop to the server, and now what we're seeing is it's going from that server to another three servers, which just magically appeared, bypassing the process bypassing approvals, and all of a sudden, once again, our map isn't up to date, our processes are bypassed, and it's an issue that, that's going to face us ongoing for, you know, for more, forevermore, unless we're able to keep an eye. And that, that key phrase there, keep an eye, translates to visibility over the network, visibility over the flows, the visibility over all my PII that's out there. So it's kind of a real-time way to keep uh, knowledge about what personal data is being uh, inventoried and held by a company and added to day by day. There's definitely a real-time element in here, but I would be, um, you know, I, I, my integrity would be in question if I said we can do it in real-time because the amount of information that we can process and is coming through the system at any one time means that we're going to have a lag. It's not going to be days, it's going to be within minutes to hours, but I can't say this is absolutely real time. I, all, I, I think we all like a little lag time every day. I hope we all have time for a break. Let me let me ask you this, um, just in general, uh, you know, in terms of your business model and how you work with businesses, you know, what does a business expect if if it wants to sign up for this? The timing, the cost. What's uh, tell us a little bit about the approach you take. All right, so it, it's a very interesting uh, question because every everyone today is looking for the in the cloud, the software, the service approach. Um, what we're doing, what we're looking at in terms of traffic, in terms of data, we're looking at things like video, which is pretty heavy duty stuff. We're looking at images, we're looking at voice. All of that can carry elements of PII. In order to have the compute power you need, we've developed a, an appliance for on-prem. Um, you may have more than one appliance depending on the volume of traffic. We have thousands of CUDA cores in there, we have ends um, of Intel cores in there, we need a lot of power and, and certainly plenty of memory. So what we've done is we've taken the approach of an appliance with the software, an annual fee software that sits on, on that appliance. Um, you can install very quickly, I'm saying within minutes to hours. You can have PII discovered within the first few hours of being connected. 
um, fully deployed, fully configured, and um, what's the word I want? Customized. PII, uh, you mentioned. Eight weeks. If I may, PII is personally, personal identifiable information. PII, right? Yes. Okay. yes, that's right. Sorry, Joe. Yeah. No, it's quite all right. And in, in, in general, what do you have a kind of an upfront fee and then an ongoing annual fee? Or, you know, how, just generally, how, how does it work for a business if it chooses this? There's the one time charge for for the hardware, and then there's a, an annual fee for the, for the software and all the updates and all the support and all the customization that goes with it. It's, uh, it's on three tiers basically, how much PII. And when I say PII, I'm talking about unique. PII. I'm not going to place you if you have 50,000 copies of my data in your network. That to me is one PII entry. Right. Um, personally yeah. identifiable information. Okay. Well, let me ask you. Yeah, let me ask you this, and then we'll uh, we'll wind up here in a minute or two. Um, let's say the company does this, and it has a much better grip on on what personal information it actually has in the system. Uh, what uses beyond uh, compliance, you know, with laws and regulations, have you seen uh, businesses make of this uh, new information? It's, it's not a very interesting question. And as people use the software, they surprise us with, with what they do and how they use it to their advantage. So what, what we're seeing um, recently, certainly, is that when we do the visualization of that data flow, we begin to see, oh, I can now understand how my process, my business process that I wrote five years ago or whenever I wrote it, how it's been implemented inside the, the organization. And what they're beginning to see is that what they intended in that process, it's not actually what's happening in real life. And so they're actually being able to say, well, is the process wrong? Do we have to update how, how we thought we needed to do things? Or are we actually making mistakes in our processing and our handling of the, the information? from the business logic side. So it's not really to do with compliance at that point. It's how the business is running and then actually finding ways to, to become more efficient based on what they're seeing, which was, it's a surprise to us because it's not something we really thought would be, you know, number one item on people's list. But when they look at what they have there, it opens up uh, their eyes to just different avenues and different places we can go to, to just find out what's happened in there. How can I improve what I have today? But of course, at the end of the day, I still can find all that PII that I need for the compliance, which is why I went there in the first place. Very good. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Mark, today. And I, I must say, I was very impressed, although you're uh, just, as you say, a fairly new company as such, uh, a lot of experience in your, your background. I was very impressed that some of your folks uh, uh, come out of the great uh, Ben-Gurion University and uh, the whole Ben Shiva, truly one of the most advanced cybersecurity centers in the world, I would say. So you, you've got a uh, a great foundation beyond the, the, the two years. Any final comments you'd offer to our listeners? Um, we, we actually, I don't have much. Um, I'm kind of a quiet person naturally, normally. So I, I don't have much to, to add to that. Um, I do appreciate, obviously, your time, Joe. And um, I just write things every so often in different books. Some are amusing, some are interesting. And that's really where I, I let people, or I share, let's say, things that are going on that I find uh, of interest in a market space. Yeah, and I think we can find your blogs at uh, the number one touch. It's a number rather than it's spelled out. One touch .io, right? Your website. Yeah. Well, well Mark, so thanks. The more recent ones. 
Yeah, no, they're very interesting and uh, well worth reading. So, Mark, thank you very much for joining us today. So to, for today, this is the Data Privacy Detected signing off. And as always, protecting your personal data begins with you. So long.